0: Here's your host, Philip Mitchell. Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone and this is episode 43 of the podcast for November 2017. Alright, this month we got a very special guest um, who uh, who worked on uh, a lot uh, of the restoration with some of the, the pieces of, you know, with some of the creatures and characters from the Dark Crystal, which was uh, for... The Museum of the Moving Image of this traveling exhibition called the Jim Henson Imagination Unlimited exhibition uh, that's uh, currently um, in Seattle. And so we got uh, Tom Spina. So, Tom, just want to say thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate it. appreciate the kind welcome. and uh, And there are also the other half of this exhibit right now is in New York. Uh, luckily, right in my backyard.
0: Oh, nice, And yeah. uh,
1: that's at the, the proper Museum of the Moving Image in uh, in Queens, which happens to be right around the corner from where they shoot Sesame Street, which is kind of cool, too.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Have you actually ever visited the set of um, Sesame Street, by the way? Or?
1: Uh, funny story. I actually... that My first sort of professional... I guess you could call it a gig. It was my internship in college was at Sesame Street. I was, wow. yeah. um, and it, it's, yeah, you know, and, and that was 24 years ago. Yeah. Um, weird. The phone breaks up every time I try and say how long ago it was. Yeah. I was, uh, I got an internship with the Muppet workshop. Some friends of mine in, in college, we used to, we were in TV and film classes uh, but we sort of used every class as an excuse to make either puppets or props or like, you know, exploding heads or makeup mm-hmm. effects and things yep. like that. <laughs> um, and we had done some stuff with puppets and sent it into the Henson folks. And, uh, I wound up getting this, uh, getting introduced to the people at the workshop. And when I found out that they were taking on interns for Sesame street, I jumped at that chance. And I had gotten to, uh, for a season I was the, uh, one of the interns that was the assistant to the puppet wrangler, which is really kind of, you know, like the coolest thing you could do <laughs> yeah. on that set. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like, like, I, I mean, there were guys who were like interns in the office and things like that. And I was like, yeah. no, 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 I no. will you know, go up, get, you know, go bring us Bert, you know, and you'd yeah. have to go and get <laughs> Bert and then you bring him down and, you know, or you we would be prepping characters for, uh, uh, in the morning. So you'd be putting in like the arm rods or something would break. Sometimes you would help fix, fix something here or there. So it was just amazing. And, and I think beyond that, it was just such, uh, uh, this was just after Jim died okay, and, yeah. and that was sort of, uh, and, and Richard Hunt shortly after. So this was right after Richard, I think.
0: Mm. And
1: the, that loss was still sort of palpable. It was still there, but that spirit, uh, and that influence permeated that place. And, you know, here was little Tom Spina. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not that little, as in college, yeah. but whatever. You know, showing up and finding this place that is filled with a hundred people that were doing amazing creative stuff that all passionately loved what they were doing and believed in what they were doing. And it was just this... Really, just amazing place and amazing experience. I can't. It's it's so weird how all these you know that's literally decades later that still shapes me and still informs really and like daily. I think back to how lucky I was to even be a small part of that.
0: I guess so. It was one of the many things to sort of really um, kickstart your career in a way with uh, yeah, yeah. being an intern at Sesame Street. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I you know I I think. That's one of those things that I try and uh, tell folks, just anybody who's starting in the business, I don't mean to go off on a tangent about, you know, business advice or (laughs) if you're an artist, but everything that that happens along the way that I I see so many people that good things happen for them. it really seems to happen when you do things. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like if you're if you like making films, make good short films make the best ones you can and just see how many people can see it if you like making puppets make puppets if you want to sculpt heads sculpt heads you know it's it's uh, eventually having you you know especially now with the internet it's so (laughs) easy to connect with other people who love what you love and i i don't know it's you know it's uh, so often good things happen uh because of that and and yeah that was definitely a great kickstart it led to me starting a puppet company uh, that did like some local commercials and things like that. We had a character on QVC for a while that oh, yes, was yeah. selling toys and things. <laughs> and, uh, and Victor Yared played him, which Victor now does uh, has done a lot of work with Henson and uh, tons of other uh, great, great stuff. He's uh, wildly funny totally demented and, and he knows I love him when I say that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, uh, and then I worked in television on the technical side for a long time, having met folks through all of that and all the while making things, uh, and, uh, sculpting masks, sculpting star Wars aliens, because I just, that was my other big love as a kid was just, you know, the Muppet show and star Wars all hit right at the same time. I mean, what a one two punch.
0: Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly, you know, from the, you know, the late 70s to early 80s. Yeah, with Star Wars and then and then from that to The Dark Crystal and then sort of back again with Return of the Jedi, which was in a way right? one big, you know, puppet film in a way, especially oh, with Jabba's yeah. Palace. It's yeah.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. And I loved that as a kid, and I, of course I still love it today. Yeah. Um, but I I just What a time. What a a run of movies. And you, you know, sprinkled in there Mm. Jaws and Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Richard Donner Superman films, which I know are kind of goofy when you look back on them, but they're still so great. Oh, gosh, Ghostbusters. You know, like (laughs) how how much great stuff could happen in that short period of time. And how lucky was I to have been the right age when all of this hit? (laughs) Um, uh, American Werewolf in London, The Howling, all of these great effects and, and puppet movies. Like, oh, so good. Exactly, so
0: good. yeah. And I, I'm still, you know, discovering new things like about the film. I think, um you know, as of this recording, I think a couple of days ago, I think someone actually posted on Twitter um, about uh, the one scene from Superman where you see, um, when you know, with Superman and Lois Clark on the rooftop uh-huh. and, and how he sort of flies away and then Clark Kent appears and how that was shot was... Um, the shot with Superman was all... Um, a rear projection and the only thing that's covering up is like there's like a little bush in i think like the top left corner um of Uh the screen to sort of you know sort of you know not make it seem like you know that it looked like that you know uh right and 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 i'm just like oh my god like yeah (laughs) so (laughs) yeah i love that i mean all of that stuff so perfect
1: example so pablo hidalgo from lucasfilm story group um and i do these panels at uh, conventions. We're actually, we're going back, uh, what do we have, Salt Lake City, uh, Salt Lake Comic Con uh, in the next few days, uh, the next couple of weeks. I think that's actually September 21st, 22nd, 23rd. We do these in-depth panels on the Star Wars Cantina. Uh, This time around, we've got uh, another panel on Return of the Jedi, Aliens, the Jabba's Palace, especially. We've got Kirk Thatcher as our special guest on that, which. I don't know if you've ever met him or chatted with him, but what a really entertaining guy. Um,
0: yeah, I certainly and, would uh, love to get him on the show um, someday, um, Yeah, just yeah, to chat about yeah, his work. Yeah,
1: But we go through these things, and Pablo and I have probably done five or six of these panels at the various Star Wars conventions and other Comic-Cons. And we always find new things. Yeah. (laughs) It's just constantly discover some new photo, some thing in the background, some actor that we could never ID before. But someone finally says, you know, oh, wait, I know who that guy is, that kind of stuff. (laughs) And it's just it's it's like it just keeps on giving. And, And, you know, when you've got a movie like The Dark Crystal with. So much imagination, so many layers to it. Um, it's it's the same sort of thing. Like you can you can dig so deeply into that movie. I think that's like my my favorite thing about uh, certainly the Dark Crystal Labyrinth. The same way is just the depth of these worlds that they created, um, and this feeling like you could go there, you could live there, you could explore there. And maybe there's something in some of the newer movies where I feel like they don't give you that same feeling. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because some of them jump around too much. You, know, you go to nine different planets in a movie and it's like, who cares anymore? Empire Strikes Back came out. I wanted to live on Dagobah and explore those trees. And, you know, what else is in that cave with headless Darth Vader? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, yeah. And Dark Crystal's the same way. You know, you to that world and, to me, it's so weird knowing that it's man made somehow makes it cooler. Um,
0: it certainly I certainly a lot yeah.
1: of, right. It, it's are you a theme park fan? Do you go to like you know, do you get into that sort of thing? Have you ever yeah. done like the Disney parks and stuff?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, like I mean, my actually my first uh Star Wars... was um, actually went to saw Wars celebration in um, Anaheim. I actually went to it um, this year at um, uh, oh, at, cool. at, at Orlando. Um, yeah, oh. so so that was that was uh, yeah. So had had great times there, and yeah, able to stop by those um the theme parks um we've bought, you know Disney World and Anaheim and um yeah. and Universal Studios um oh, yeah. and they're always yeah, great and yeah was. Harry Potter World which is yeah. just uh, amazing amazing stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well there yeah. but
1: to me there's something about a good theme park where it's uh, there are people and and I certainly can I appreciate nature and I can go on a a hike or a walk or whatever and go through a mountain and just kind of um, soak up all of that kind of the natural beauty of things. But for whatever reason, this is me, this is the artist in me, the guy who likes to make big foam theme props or whatever. But when I go through really well done rock work in a theme park, you know, or, or the queue for a ride that's so well thought out and like the, um, Oh, the Indiana Jones queue in, Disneyland uh I remember the first time going through that it's just you walk through and for me I just keep going like someone made this someone thought of this and then they made it that's great (laughs) Um, and I feel like that's that that world of the dark crystal I feel like you know when they're they're in the fields and there's flowers and things like that and you're just like None of that's real. Someone made all of that. It's yeah. just
0: incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was just made by hand. It's um, it's just incredible stop, stop stuff for the projector. That yeah.
1: I need to look at this for longer. Yeah.
0: No. And <laughs> actually wanted to know, like, uh, how did you discover the dark crystal for the first time?
1: Oh gosh. I mean, I saw it in a theater. Um, I don't know. I don't know how early it was in the run. I mean, you, know, you think back then, it's like. You could see a movie a couple of months after it came out. Yeah, <laughs> I my memories of the first time I saw it are faint. Um, it's more a feeling. It's more uh, which I guess that's the movie in general too. You know, I I was the guy who watched, you know, would watch these monster movies as a, as a kid, and yeah, th- you know, they they weren't scary because it's like those. I want to. I want to know more about that. And I wanted to. I was fascinated with the idea that this was made. It was fascinated, like when. Um, oh gosh, did, did you ever see the old uh, from Star Wars to Jedi: The Making of a Saga?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've seen that documentary. Yeah, where they yeah.
1: really go into behind the scenes of the Jabba puppet and all of that, and all the they go through the creature shop and they show you cable controls working on a Gamorrean guard. Mm-hmm. To me, that. you know, that is as great as the movies. And I remember seeing stuff on TV. Oh, I wish I knew. I'm I'm sure the, the, you know, I haven't seen any of these programs since then, but I just remember seeing the behind the scenes stuff and just being endlessly fascinated with how did they bring these huge, creepy puppets to life? You know, how many, How many people are in a mystic? How does that work? How does, you know, how, how, how are these puppets blinking? Like, it's just in my, as as a kid, just that was the most fascinating part for me. The story of it, you know, was, that was what it was. The movie was what it was, but that it was made, that it was developed and that there was just so much depth to it. That's, that's what took me in, even as a kid.
0: I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, like that, that, there is so many layers with the dark crystal. I mean, even though, yeah, the story is, you know, pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. you know, Jen, Jen, the Gelfling, you know, saving the world, you know, putting the shard back into the crystal. Um, yeah. but, but there is sort of, you know, yeah, many levels of the dark crystal, um, that, uh, a lot of the people, you know, who worked on the film sort of really expanded upon that. I, I mean, especially with Brian yeah. Froud who did all the concepts, uh, oh, for yeah. the dark crystal. And, um, you know, feels like every sketch and every drawing he did, he created a bit of, you know, history um behind it. And I'm sure that was right. sort of the same with, with Jim Henson. Um, you know, that
1: yeah
0: um even though like the story itself is, you know, very simple, but um they really felt, I guess, to, you know, to do the world building first, um, to just to make the yeah. to make it believable, I guess, in a way. And really pulled it off, yeah. Totally.
1: And is there you know, I, I there's there's sort of a school of thought when it comes to Movie making, and it's it's funny that you said like do the world building first, like because it does feel like one of those. It feels like they maybe the story was secondary to the world in that. And I am not, uh, I definitely am not like an expert on the making of the film. I'm fascinated by it, but I, I always, it's I definitely get that sort of urge. I, I you know when when we would write stuff like I I always liked to flesh out characters first because I felt like characters once you've once you really develop them start to speak for themselves almost and you you don't have to think about writing them because you just start to know them and they kind of they do their own thing I think it's the same thing with this sort of world it's like you know give me the boundaries give me the you know what are the dangers of this place and then that can very quickly start to inform how you tell this story how you how, where where your heroes are going to end up and how they're going to get there.
0: I guess, you know, I just want to um, ask, like, um, I mean, you know, out of all the sort of the characters or the creatures, I should say, of the Dark Crystal, well, you know, which one's your, your particular favorite?
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm, I, I love the Mystics. There's, uh, so, okay, this is kind of back to a theme park thing. But, you know, they talk about the way that they developed the gags and stuff for Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion, where at a glance, you instantly know what's happening and you instantly understand, you know, who's what kind of character. I feel like the the mystics are so instantly gentle. I don't know that I would have said this a few years ago. So, you know, I probably would have gone for a skexy, but I, I feel like there's uh we we did you know when we got to doing this restoration work and really seeing one of these mystics up close and doing the work on him there's just something that comes across on him from just simple things like posture (laughs) um uh it's 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 weird but i'll i'll go with that for now it'll probably change in another year i don't know
0: (laughs) yeah i mean it's it was very fascinating just um i mean even with the behind the scenes on how they because I mean with the puppeteers I really had to be really hunched over to um to to perform the mystics and I think there was even a story where I think Jim Henson he actually did try putting you know going inside the mystic to to give it a go and I I think um in many interviews he said he can only go as you know as long as like 15 seconds and he needed to get out um which is just just amazing the amount of work that the puppeteers did and I mean, oh, goodness. not you know, with the filming, but also doing all the rehearsals and the workshops um, to really right? work, work work all that stuff out. And um, yeah. and what was more amazing, I, I know, yeah, um, that the video that um, uh, I know you did post on your on your Facebook page uh, when oh, yeah. Jim when Jim Henson and Frank Oz appeared on the BBC show called um, Hardy. Um, so this great. was yeah yeah it's it's probably one of the one of the best uh, sort of. Um, interview dark crystal interview you know kind of show um just because yeah. um they, they actually bring out they actually bring out the mystic on stage and they you know bring the skeksis and the gartham and and you see uh, the kids in the audience and at the end and they see the gartham and they're terrified and it's just yeah yeah <laughs> and and actually i mean i had a chance to chat to um cassine Gaines, the um who's writing that b- who wrote the book uh, the dark crystal ultimate visual history and um and, and one thing he, he did point out to me, uh, which I was really curious about anyways, but um, that the appearance on the, the Hardy show, that was the only appearance where um, the creatures, you know, from the Dark Crystal actually appeared on a TV show. Um, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I know they did do like exhibitions and all that kind of stuff back in 82, 83, you know, promoting the yep. Dark Crystal. But in regards to like TV appearance, you know, these creatures being in an, you know, sort of in a way being, you know, taken to earth to be presented sort of in that sort of way. Um, I believe that was sort of the first and only time um, that they did that. Um, And so I hope they certainly do more to come. Like, you know, they've got this, you know, new uh, Netflix show that's going to come out in a couple of years time. Um, Yeah. Which is, which is insane.
1: It is to think about, right? (laughs) Yes. Wait, no, that's really happening?
0: Do I you know, yeah. That? That's, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a thing? Yeah, like, I mean, as a Dark Crystal podcast, you know, I've been doing this show for, you know, a couple of years. I do a show each month. And, um, and yeah, back in May when they announced that they were doing a Dark Crystal show and uh, that they're, they're going to do a Netflix series and I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, like looking up all over the internet and all the Dark Crystal fan groups were going crazy about it. And I and I had to do a Facebook live video just to sort of you know just to sync <laughs> all the information to let the let the fans know and yeah it was, it was right. a it was a crazy time um, absolutely yeah well
1: it's it's uh, you know who who would think it would just really actually happen after all this time there's so many kind of false starts and and things we've heard and teases and and gosh how many times. Uh, not necessarily with Dark Crystal, but how many times is there a sort of fan trailer that goes up on the internet or on Facebook that for about 10 seconds you look at and you go, oh crap, they're really doing, oh, oh no, this is a fan thing. I recognize that from Thor, you (laughs) know? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: because I mean, that was the thing, especially with The Power of the Dark Crystal, because I know at the time it was actually going to be uh, shot in in Australia, in Sydney. And I mean, I'm from Melbourne, so I'm like, you know, a couple hour plane ride to there. I really wanted to, you know, to get, get on the settle somehow. And I think I even recall, like even trying to write a letter to um, (laughs) the production company (laughs) um, that was doing the film and saying, Oh, you know, can I just be on settle? Can I just, you know, be willing to do anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, even though I was probably like fifteen years old and didn't have a car. Yeah. Sleep, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I mean I was yeah, it was a bit of a shame that um yeah that it did get cancelled. Um but I mean I'm glad that they yeah. sort of at least sort of adapted it into a uh a into a comic book series with the powers of the dark crystal. So which is which is cool, but yeah, I mean still would have loved to seeing the movie but hey i mean i'm just as happy seeing this uh new netflix uh series um in the works so yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> for sure
1: um now very curious how that's gonna turn out hey you mentioned the star wars celebration uh, down in orlando yeah absolutely um, yeah. you did you in going through did you happen by a booth for regal robot with a dewback sofa and a Han Solo and Carbonite desk and things like that. Did you yeah, get I tot- totally
0: yeah, I did that? totally remember that one. Yeah, 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 because oh, so
1: that was that was us too. That's oh, that- our other company. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh- yeah,
0: yeah. Thanks. I'm pretty sure I've yeah. got some photos of it somewhere, so I have to try and cool. uh, tr- track them down. But yeah, I mean, I had a great time with um, yeah, with the celebrations in Anaheim and Orlando. I mean, I, I I'm like I must admit, like I didn't get a chance to go to um. Uh, to the Cantina panels that you, that you and uh, Pablo Hidalgo do, Uh um, you know, which I always hear just fantastic things about, um, about those panels. So, but yeah, mostly from me, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, we'll get you at the next one. Um, uh, But yeah, no, it was, that was a great show. And uh, we're we're having fun sort of with this, this new company exploring, Mm -hmm. um, you know, doing some really kind of wild and interesting furniture and decor and stuff that maybe people wouldn't do normally. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's just a, I know it's sort of like, it was a throwback to earlier in the conversation, but I just realized I was like, oh wait, we might've even met there. Cause yeah. I was at that booth <laughs> most of the
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> Must've just, well, yeah. Yeah. I was always just, you know, just looking around, I think, um, yeah, I'm always just amazed yeah, every time I go to a celebration, just seeing all the new Starless things are just, uh, happening around and yeah, yeah just, just, just fantastic. It's, yeah.
1: It's yeah, it's a, it's, it's a pretty, um, the last couple of them have really been good too. Um, but anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did, um uh, you know, one thing that I'm just thinking back to, so you mentioned the, um, some of the exhibits back in like the eighties, um, so this was a kind of a cool thing. when we were doing the restoration for the museum of the moving image, they uh, when they they we we went in with them to sort of examine stuff ahead of time. Um, so a lot of times companies will hire us just you know beyond just restoration and things like that, but to consult on things. So, uh, museum or someone will be working on a uh, either a purchase list from an auction that they want to bid on, and they want us to examine lots ahead of time so they know what conservation might be needed on the pieces or, uh, you know, in this case it was, you know, we've got these potential pieces that we might be, uh, getting from the Henson family.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you
1: come in and look at them and, and give us your opinion on them and things like that, which is, yeah. you know, obviously, uh, just a dream job when you get that call. Um, certainly for, for me, but, And and uh, what was really neat is, you know, we're going and we're finding these things and they are many of them are still in crates with the art of the Muppets stamped outside on uh, on the, you know, in that Kermit the Frog green. (laughs) Um, And we actually kept so when when we did eventually do the restoration, they sent everything over to us. And again, a lot of them were in these 80s you know falling apart old oh, okay. yeah rickety crates with art of the muppets stamped on them yeah <laughs> and um there were you know when we sent the stuff back they were all put into custom museum crates that were archival and all of this stuff that's you know um uh, because now they they have to go to seattle and survive and all of that
0: of course yeah
1: um, and uh, but what was really cool was like okay what are we doing with these old crates and they're like oh well you know you can get rid of those and I'm like I'm just looking at the cover from I think it was Agra's crate oh, it yeah. just had the art of the Muppets on it and then an up yep. arrow pointing in the wrong direction and, yeah you know, I was like okay that's staying
0: yeah that's that's gonna <laughs> go on a wall going to keep that <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: It's so cool. Oh,
0: that that, that um, that's one of a kind piece. I know a lot of Dark Crystal fans would love to. <laughs> they had something yeah. like like those eye uh, crates. Um, uh, these little pieces. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: yeah. It's it's such a um, so much history, man. And and to open up those boxes and see these things, you know, some of which you just know have been in that crate for thirty years. Some in some yeah. cases, yeah. Or, yeah. Um, You know, it it really is. It's it's fascinating. Um, uh, You know, the the mystic, especially he was in a particularly challenging crate um, and in a particularly challenging position within it. So it was very tough to um, examine that piece before it came to our shop. Uh, and when it, when it did come in, we had to sort of carefully take apart the crate just to get at him um, and then sort of make our plan of action and figure out how are we going to conserve this piece? What are we going to do? Um, the museum was really cool to work with. They were very, um, they're, they're, uh, I, I like their approach um, that I tend that way myself, which was, you know, do as little as possible, but as much as necessary um, let's, you know, conserve rather than restore for the most part. Um, there were places where that made sense. Uh, there were places where just straight conservation made sense. Um, but, uh, they, in general, they tried to keep these things as original as possible and as close to the original condition as, as could be done. Um, and that was, I, I think, you know, I think it's a really cool way to be on this stuff. And, um, I think it's really respectful of these original pieces.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and so, I mean, so was the mystic, I, I mean, that was probably one of the most sort of challenging, um, pieces to, um, to conserve or to, to restore. Um,
1: yeah, I think the mystic was pretty challenging. The skeksy uh, that we had, uh, Skeksok, I think, is how you say him. Yes,
0: um, yeah,
1: that was. I mean, talking about magical, you know, to sit and know that that was Jim's. This is the one that Jim performed too. Yeah,
0: just, true. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: there was there was a moment. One of the first times I had to go to the Muppet room on Sesame and bring down puppets. Um, there was uh, an Ernie puppet there. And, you know, I looked in the tag, and it just had handwritten in it. I think it was like, wow, it's been a long time yeah. now. I can't remember. But it was it was <laughs> yes. either 77 or 73. Wow. Um, but it was, you know, and obviously it had been refurbished a bunch of times. But you just look at it, and you know, like, oh, this was, this was Jim's, Ernie. You know, this wasn't mm. – this isn't just something that someone made. This isn't a reproduction. Like, this is – this had his – uh, he, 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 literally had a hand in this, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, most challenging, um, probably the mystic, uh, just for sheer size and mass. Um, Agra was, was very challenging as well, although mm-hmm. her condition was much better.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, the... It's weird. The biggest challenge is probably something you don't even see on these puppets. No. Um, uh, have you ever heard of Scott foam or uh, reticulated foam? Uh,
0: no, I don't think so. No. Can you, uh, I mean, I guess for the listeners out there that are sort of, you know, um, not sure what, yeah, what they are. Like yeah. what, what it, what it, yeah.
1: So, so a lot of the uh, Muppet characters and uh, certainly a lot of effects uh fabricated effects type pieces, things like puppet bodies and things like that um, are made from this material called Scott foam or reticulated foam. Uh, It is, it's similar to sort of like air conditioner foam. uh, If you know what I mean on that. Uh, And it will, uh, it's a super challenging material though, because over time it just turns to this sort of uh, very dusty, very gooey kind of mushy stuff. Uh, And, of course, the bodies on a lot of these characters are made from reticulated foam. And so, you know, you get there and there may be a bit deflated or, you know, you can feel the inside is is, you know, crumbling every time you you go in there. And so a lot of times what you end up doing is you've got to pull out this old uh, foam that is no longer viable and then replace it with archival substitutes, things like um uh, polyester batting. And, uh, there's, there's various densities of that that you can use. Um, and, you know, you just go through and little by little, you have to kind of, uh, pad the body out and reshape it and make sure that it's, um, good to go, uh, you know, and, and gonna stick around for a while. Um, the, um, and that, that's really one of the, Biggest challenges with all of these is is dealing with those internals and doing it in a way that doesn't um, doesn't affect the look of the puppet, doesn't alter his shape or her shape, and you know puts them in this position to last for a much longer time. Um, the the rest of it, at least for us. Um, you know, doing the subtle restoration on the faces, repairing cracks, repairing tears, filling in some of the little missing areas. Um, yeah, that's a challenge touching But, but, you know, that becomes, um, I don't want to say it becomes old hat, but it's, it's something that, you know, we do on such a regular basis. It's like, okay, that we have a handle on, that's fine. Um, touching up paint is always a real big challenge. Um, we don't paint a whole face, uh, when we're touching something up, you know, if if there's cracks on Agra's cheek, we only paint the cracks uh, and then and those cracks have to be patched in a way that they blend in with the sculpting around it. They have to be painted in a way that the paint looks aged and blends in with all the paint around it seamlessly. Um, you know, it is these are art and you have to restore it like art. And um, and it's just uh, it's, it's not always the easiest way to do it, um, but uh, it's really satisfying when, when done right and when you can kind of step back and look at it and, you know, know how original this thing is, know how much of it you're seeing that actually saw film um, and just getting them to where they're, you know, they look healthier. <laughs> they look uh, more displayable, more presentable, um, yet still original still that real thing that you saw and loved as a kid
0: yeah and i mean i'm just having i've just been having a look at some of the photos um of your work um that you did with conserving and and restoring like with oligrad and mystic and and even the gelflings of jen and kira like they're all just um yeah f- fantastic stuff and um so i mean i mean how, how long do, how long does it take you to um you know to res- like say you know with restoring a mystic does it take quite a while does it depends on the size, I guess, like, how, you know,
1: yeah, I, it definitely varies from piece to piece. Uh, you know, we've had restorations that have taken six months, um, uh, not this stuff, but, uh, but for the most part, you know, six or eight weeks is not an unusual time frame on something like this. Um, sometimes, Oh, on a, on a job like this, um, the Henson exhibits, um, you know, we brought in extra crew. We have a lot of folks that we work with that uh, we've got a fair number of people that are full time that we uh, are were always working with. But when I know something like this is coming, there's a lot of folks that we freelance uh, freelance for us and that are old friends and very talented artists that uh, we'll bring in, crew up a bit and, and, you know, do a kind of a jam for a week or two and really just, you know, make progress, get together, have a lot of fun, have a lot of probably terrible food and things like that. (laughs) Um, you know, definitely not the best food choices when you have lots of people in the studio, but, um, and then, uh, I, you know, I want to say that the Henson exhibit was probably in our studio, the pieces we worked on anyway, for, I'm going to say about eight or 12 weeks. Um, I'm sure I could probably look up and get a better answer, but that that's my recollection of it. Um, I don't like to keep things in-house longer than they need to be. Um, I like to get things returned, especially when you're working for private clients who, um, you know, the, a museum, they have a time frame and you know that ahead of time and you hit it. But when it's a private client and they send something and they entrust you with one of their cherished Props or costumes to display, um, you know they're dying to get this back. I'm a collector too. I know that feeling. <laughs> you know, I know how it is when you've won the auction and you send the payment and you're waiting for that package in the mail. You know, um, so I, I it's it's always we like to try and keep things moving. But so yes, it's a, it, the short answer is it varies. But often it's it's a matter of weeks, maybe months, but nothing hopefully nothing longer than that.
0: Yeah. And and I guess, you know, when you when you uh, uh, started, you know, with doing the conservation or the restoration, uh, all these, you know, uh, characters or creatures uh, for the Dark Crystal, was there any sort of things that really like um, came at you or sort of surprised you about, um, I don't know, of anything that, you know, during um, your work uh, with the uh, restoration? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, the the thing that amazed me um, certainly on the Mystic and the Skeksy are the degree of ornamentation and the sense of this sort of cohesive style that each of them has. Um, and I I thought the Mystic would be a lot more um, simple, and I don't mean that in any kind of insulting way, but I, I expected the costume to be a much simpler thing when you got up close to it. Um, and seeing it up close in the, you know, just the beadwork and the stitching and the, uh, sort of macrame, uh, beads and things like that on them and, uh, just the layers, uh, was really, really cool. Uh, and, and the Skeksy, just the ornamentation and the accessories and, and just, just how much is going on in those robes, um, is just stunning to look at and, I you know so we build we make creatures we make things and uh, as well so I know what goes into that and I know like this this doesn't happen on most movies you know Th- things aren't made like that uh, and and it is you look at it and it's just obviously handcrafted obviously made with such passion and love and you just know someone poured their guts into this um, and um and and yeah i just marvelled at that that the Skexi robes and and his sort of um i i called it a harness but you know he's he's got this big sort of fiberglass wrap that comes around and up in the back and there's just
0: so much going on on that yeah.
1: costume it's <laughs> incredible
0: it is yeah and i'm you know it's it's one of those things i'm like i, I would I mean, I have to like, you know, find some way to, 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 get to New York or Seattle, or, um, yeah, to, just to check out these, um, exhibitions, uh, with, um, cause I mean, even like seeing photos and, and even some, you know, people that post videos online, you know, which is fantastic, but I feel like, you know, seeing it in person, is just such a big difference. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It really, it's, it's definitely worth the trip. Um, And especially, you know, even beyond the Dark Crystal, both exhibits have um, such a great array of vintage Muppet characters, too, and if anybody likes that sort of thing, um, which I'm I'm guessing your fans probably enjoy that sort of thing, too. Um, You know, for me going through and seeing Yorick up close and seeing the Southern Colonel a uh, puppet that, that Jim used to do all appearances and stuff with up close. Um, and just this vast array of characters and uh, let's call it history, you know, um, and, and just to walk among that uh, it's, it's so great. Yeah.
0: So great. And so, uh, I mean, with these um, things that you restored, I know you uh, worked on a number of pieces um you know for for the exhibition i know sometimes like yeah museums that they do sort of rotate some pieces and stuff so has there been any sort of unseen uh pieces that have yet to be uh, sort of revealed you know in in a at a later date
1: yeah um i i there's definitely i you know i obviously can't speak for the museum as to when or when or what they might do with anything but there's there are uh, quite a number of pieces that we worked on that haven't uh been on display yet um and i know with the traveling exhibit and the the now the permanent exhibit in new york um there's always opportunity for those things to sort of float up there maybe other traveling exhibits come up maybe they refresh here or there um i think it'd be cool if they did that someday uh, but definitely have to give folks like you a chance to get over here and see it in the first place.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think you know. I, I guess I mean that's a fantastic thing to hear. You know, just you know to bring in the you know the repeat viewings um, for these ex- exhibitions. So no, which is which is fantastic. Um, and yeah, just just amazing work. And I mean, I just want to say you know, like thank you so much for you know being uh, part of you know uh, I guess in, the dark Crystal in a dark crystalline way with you know. With conserving and restoring some of these sort of props of uh, not props, uh, the, with the creatures that, like you said, have the been sort of in really. yeah the characters yeah. yeah that have been you know in these sort of um uh, in storage for so many years you know thirty plus years and sort of to take them out and you know uh do you know what you can to um you know to bring them help. back yeah yeah
1: yeah just to help keep them around for a little while now I, I can't even begin to say what an honor it was to be asked to be a part of this, a small part of this. Um, and there are so many other conservators that worked on the Muppet characters, uh, you know, the the sort of foam and fleece puppets and things like that. Um, but uh, to be asked to come in and, and even just the initial consultation was an honor uh, and a privilege to be around that stuff um, and to ultimately uh, bring those pieces into our studio and, uh, as you said, uh, unearth them from their crates and um, breathe a little bit of life back into some of these old friends, and and to um, just do our own part to just uh, keep them around. I, it's it's a weird way to say it, but you know th- these are things that um, I feel it's like the old Indiana Jones. You know that belongs in a museum. <laughs> like it's it's so great that these are on display. I, there's so many amazing props and things like that, that that wind up in private collections and tucked away or in archives tucked away or squirreled away in some, you know, uh, warehouse with the Ark of the Covenant back to the Indiana Jones thing. Um, but it's just so cool that um, that they're getting out there and that they're put on display and that they're touring and that people can get up close and, and, and see them. Uh, um, I just... I just think that's the coolest thing.
0: Yeah, no, which is fantastic. Yeah, so um, so I guess, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I just want to know how, how can people be able to find you, um, you know, to, to contact you for more on, on, your, on your work with uh, Tom Spina Designs?
1: Um, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, if you, uh, obviously we've got Tom designs.com. We've also got RegalRobot.com for people who like cool home decor and furniture, especially crazy over the top star Wars themed stuff, all officially licensed now. Um, and then, uh, uh, we're very active on, on social. So you can find us at Tom designs.com on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook and at RegalRobot on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.
0: Uh, that's excellent I'll, I'll definitely uh, put that in the show notes So, so Tom Spinner, I just want to say Thank you so much for being on the show
1: Oh, it's my pleasure Thank you so much for having me, it was great chatting You've already taken too long, Elfling. Hurry
0: At last, the crystal calls It is time Time to return to the castle The crystal calls To the crystal
1: chamber.
0: that's all the time i have for this month's trial by stone special thanks to tom spina for being this month's guest if you'd like to get in contact with the show you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast or like us on twitter at darkcrystalpodcast Also, you can check out our instagram account If you like the show and think that others would like it too, then please spread the word about the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned next month for more Trial by Stone.